One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms are honestly glad they live in, the, in an age when the internet can answer the questions that they can't answer for their kids. I'm Katie. I'm Deborah. Uh, and I have one son. His name is Jay. He's three years old. And I have three kids, an eight-year-old named Tony, who answers a lot of my five-year-old's questions. Nice. My five-year-olds are named Libby and Nate. <laughs> who needs the internet? Just outsource to your other kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of dubious authority, but he'll answer. And I'm sure he sounds confident, which is all that matters, right? Pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So... How often are you watching screens these days? Oh. Any changes to your policy? Well, I am a million weeks pregnant, so we've been watching a lot of screens. Jay has recently been obsessed with uh, the Lego. There's this like little Lego short available on Amazon Prime and Netflix. I wonder if your kids have roped you into watching it yet. It's called Mm -mm. The Indominus Escape. It's like Lego Jurassic World tie-in. And it's like a 22-minute short. I think I've seen it 80 bazillion times. So that is the biggest change to my screen time. That I spend (laughs) a lot of time watching this one 22-minute episode of Lego Jurassic Park. How about you? (laughs) My kids are getting like exactly one hour of screen time a day. Which is a compromise we've reached I guess and I tell them when they can get it it's like the highlight of their day no matter what we do it's ridiculous (laughs) so I wanted to put this out there because it's midsummer the 4th of July has happened but there are other fireworks it's fireworks season Mm -hmm. like we just went to some aquatennial fireworks in Minneapolis and perhaps parents you should have a screen time at the time of fireworks policy because we sat On the 4th of July, this was a couple weeks ago, we sat behind a family who had like a toddler that was playing like a connect the dots game on a phone while there were literally fireworks in the sky. And the child was like not at all watching the fireworks. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? That is a little crazy. Yeah. Like we've talked about... Like kids on in a bike trailer watching a screen and other places where, eh, like I wouldn't do it, but I guess if you're desperate, but honestly, fireworks. Yeah. They're like for the kids. Why are you there if your kid doesn't want to watch them? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that made me kind of sad. (sighs) So cheer me up. Has Jay done anything cute lately? <laughs> um, he is just full of nonstop cute. Uh, he has recently started telling stories about things that he used to do when he was a kid, <laughs> which I just find really <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to do this. And I always... That is funny. I tell him it's interesting. And then I'm like, but what are you now? Are you not a kid? And he's like, oh, no, I'm a kid. <laughs> So he like gets that he's still a kid, but he likes to tell stories about back in the day when he was a kid. That is funny. Tony just did that today in the car. 
because I, we were on our way home from a camp of his and I said they could have an hour of screen time and then they could have dinner, but an hour after dinner, they couldn't have another dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And so he launched into this, like when I was young to his brother and sister and he was like you were babies so you don't even remember it but every night I had what I called a midnight snack and it was well it was probably at 6 30 or something (laughs) (laughs) and he got all the details right and I can't believe he still remembers that but that is so sweet and it actually works in that case because Tony is old enough to have like the lived experience usually Jay just makes it up (laughs) that is cute (laughs) Well, before we get into what we both watched and reviewed this week, I just have a couple quick notes about Incredibles 2, which I'm sure is still in theaters. It's one of the big kids' movies of the summer, and I saw it with my whole family when we were on vacation last week, and I was honestly kind of dreading it because I thought the plot looked really bad because it's all about how... Elastigirl gets this opportunity to go to work um, and her husband stays home with the kids. At least that's what the previews made it look like. And Mm -hmm. so I was totally prepared to be like enraged and offended. And it turns out that is part of the plot, but that's not like the main reason why she goes to work. It's better than that. It's not just a Mr. Mom remake, which is what one of preview kind of made it look like. So I thought it was better than I had anticipated. Another thing I realized like halfway through is that Elastigirl has like really wide hips. She does. And I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's got like mom hips and she can still do all kinds of daring things and wear tight tights. Yeah. Embrace those hips, girl. So good for her. And then... If you've seen any previews, you know that The Incredibles, the family has a baby called Jack-Jack who's, like, learning about his superpowers. And that is just a really, really hilarious part of the movie because, like, he spontaneously combusts (laughs) and he can, like, slip out of his crib invisibly. And (laughs) I would just watch a movie of Jack-Jack, I think. Isn't it kind of like a an exaggerated metaphor for parenting like you just can never know what's going to happen with your kid and they may as well have superpowers for all they keep surprising you in their weirdness that you don't know how to handle (laughs) right and just as soon as you figure out how to deal with the stage of life they're in they're in your backyard battling a raccoon (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) so it was cute go see it or wait for it to come out on streaming or dvd or however you watch movies all right so should, should we move on to our main topic yes so this week we again return to youtube which i know will shock you loyal listeners because it took us a full year to get to our second youtube episode and now we're doing a third I don't know, less than six months later. I don't know how long ago that was. (laughs) So we watched the Ted Ed YouTube channel, a few shorts from that channel. And uh, let's see, how to explain this? Uh, The Ted Ed 
channel is an offshoot of the TED conference, which for those of you that don't know, stands for Technology, Education, and Design, which I was kind of shocked to learn started in 1984, which seemed like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so they started this conference, but I don't feel like it really took off until 2006 when they started streaming their talks online. And then there was a minute where like every other Facebook post was a TED talk. And there were all these really interesting things and like ideas that you never thought of and it made you yes. feel a little bit intellectual to watch them and discuss them with your friends. <laughs> Right. Um, and I feel like the popularity has dwindled so um, somewhat because it kind of feels like everyone and their brother has given a TED Talk at this point. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. They launched TED Ed in 2012. And the idea is that the videos on TED Ed will be used by educators to put together larger lesson plans for kids. So like supplemental material or material to get started on a certain topic and to hook the kids and then do a full lesson on it um and the videos tend to be about four to six minutes long would you say that's accurate mm -hmm. yeah both the ted ed website and the youtube page have playlists and video collections based on subjects like inventions that shaped history or awesome nature or superhero science and that helps you navigate the sheer amount of content i mean there are a ton of videos the youtube channel has uh 1470 and uh, I'm sure I'll talk more about this later, but that was, I guess, one of my biggest complaints was navigating. So why did we pick it? I have a love of magazines, a deep, deep love of magazines. And I um, ha do this thing where I, I don't want to admit to myself like how middle-aged and kind of lame I've become. <laughs> so like I don't have a subscription to any of the magazines that I actually read for real, but um like, I really like Woman's Day Ooh. magazine. It's I don't like know that a cheap, I've ever real even read it. It's like a cheap, real simple. Okay. It has, like, it's has like recipes and, like, a dress you could buy at, uh, I don't know, it's like a, sort of an old lady store. I don't know. Talbots? Yeah. <laughs> like, shopping <laughs> tips for Talbots. <laughs> All right. Uh, instead of like H and M type stuff or like actual designer okay. stuff, you know. Um, so it's not aspirational. It's like very real life. Um, but parents is like Woman's Day adjacent. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and so I'll pick it up like at the grocery store, or sometimes you can check out like old ones at the library, and I'll do that. I'll just check out a stack. So anyway, I was reading my middle aged lady magazines and parents had an article about YouTube for kids and like a ton of recommendations. I put it on our Facebook page already because it had a lot of good suggestions from like babies, which I don't really agree that babies should be watching YouTube <laughs> to <laughs> older kids. Um, and I, we worked together to pick that out of this list. I have like zero Ted experience i watched one ted talk when elizabeth gilbert who wrote eat pray love Ooh. did one because i am a frivolous person <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, maybe and you so were just... i've never watched a full like serious ted talk in my life what were you doing what were you doing during that period of time when it was all over facebook 
I had twins, Katie. I had twins. No, not in 2006. Infants. You did not. <laughs> no. I don't know what I was doing. I didn't have very fast internet. Oh, okay, I think. that's fair. Was also part of the problem. Uh, we were also in grad school, weren't we? So maybe there was a little bit of we actually had lives and we weren't right. just hanging out on the computer. Um, But I know that you're a fan of Guy Raz from his uh, podcast, Wow in the World, right? He's the co-host? Yes. And I have listened to the TED Radio Hour like when I've caught it on the radio, but Mm -hmm. I've never sought it out. Um, So we watched a couple of episodes together. And what we tried to do, there was such a huge amount of content here that... I took the very scientific step of sorting it by date. So we watched the first video that had been posted on their YouTube channel, which was called, excitingly, How Containerization Shaped the Modern World. And that was posted six years ago. So there's a, there's a lot to go through. And then we watched the most recent video posted on YouTube as of this recording, which was called A Day in the Life of an Ancient Egyptian Doctor. So you can kind of see the breadth of material we're working with. And then we each watched two additional videos of our own choosing. So I thought we could start by just briefly discussing the videos we both watched and then move on to the ones that we watched independently. And then we'll get to most of the content, which will be our general thoughts, because like I said, these videos are so short, there's not much to go over plot wise. So does that seem like a good way to do it? Excellent. All right. Talk to us about containerization, Deborah. So I learned a lot from this video. Um, it got me right away because it, it was like stick man type animation. And a gentleman with a pleasant accent was narrating it. Um, and I had no idea that Malcolm McLean invented basically the shipping container and ships that can accommodate shipping containers in 1937 and he is responsible for the end of break bulk shipping these are all terms i had no idea of and according to the video like summarizes it at the end by saying that containerization shrunk the world and enlarged human choice which is one way of looking at it yeah, it definitely didn't go into all the nuance of globalization and the effect it's had on our world, but it was like a three-minute video. <laughs> right, right, right. It was a great summary of the invention. I thought um, it was really informative. It didn't really cite any sources, which yeah, I, I like to see a bibliography or credits. Which but... is something that might be lacking and I don't know this to be the case but it might be lacking on the YouTube page but present on the TED Ed page yes because there was a link to the website which with the full right lesson but I thought it was pretty interesting it held my attention it was very informative uh it made me think because I was like how would I one what do I want to know more about this and two what what do I see that is problematic with the way this topic has been covered? How about you? What did you What did you think? I, like you, was really surprised by how interesting I found it, because based on the title, I did not expect it to grip me at all. 
<laughs> you, know, you sent me the list of things to watch. It's like, sweet Katie. <laughs> I know. It's a far cry from Pup Save a Dinosaur or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but... I liked that there were layers to it. Like you could just watch this simple short video about this cool invention that made it easier to load and unload trucks onto shipping, onto cargo boats, cargo Mm -hmm. ships. There we go. Cargo ships. Um, (laughs) Or you could really think more about it and think about the real effect something like that has had on your world and our world and... Mm -hmm. Uh, so I liked that there were different ways to approach it. I also liked the simple animation. It reminded me of uh, the early... What is with my us tonight? It reminded me of those early internet videos that would go around. And I'm talking like early, early 2000s uh, before we had I had YouTube. twins, Katie. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. When you were an undergraduate. <laughs> <laughs> So it had that kind of, not that it wasn't well produced, but it had that kind of homey quality it to simple. it. Yeah. 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 So I thought this was a really good one to start with. It, it was a good introduction to the concept of the site and a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So A Day in the Life of an Ancient Egyptian Doctor follows, surprise, surprise, an ancient Egyptian doctor in the city of Memphis. And her name is Pesachet. I was really happy to see she was a woman. And it mm-hmm. follows her through her work day as she does things like treat broken bones and scorpion stings. She gives a pregnancy test. And she also confronts the things that she doesn't have the skill to cure, like tumors. It was a little bit longer than the containerization video. I personally did not find it as interesting, which is weird because I love history. And I don't know why this wasn't as catchy to me. But the animation was more complex. It was more colorful and detailed, but it wasn't like fluid animation. But I still learned things that ancient Egyptian women could be doctors, which I did not know. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Straightforward. Right. I I had, I mean, it left me with more questions, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see this as a good YouTube channel for like a student who is wondering what they should write a paper on. I feel like it's like a perfect starting point yeah. to if you're stuck and you need to, I mean, you can do the same thing at the library, like walk down a shelf of books and just browse and get inspired. But I think this YouTube channel would let you do the same. Yeah, that's right. Cause like you could take just one thing from here and then write a whole report on pregnancy tests through the ages yeah (laughs) did you were you like blown away by that pregnancy test so Pesachet tells her patient to take two seeds like one is barley and one is wheat or something and plant them urinate on them for several days in a row and if they sprout you're pregnant and like whichever one sprouts means you're having a boy or a girl and I told, I immediately wanted to like look up what the chemicals would be in like pregnant yeah. lady urine that would maybe make this kind of sort of work, or if it was just yes. like a, a old wives' tale or what have you. Uh, yeah, that was really interesting. 
I really wanted to know more about that part. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did what you watch on your own compare to these two wonderful videos? I watched a video called How to Practice Effectively. Mm. Um, There were so many to choose from. And I was really tempted by, there were a lot of videos with the title, like, Why You Should Read, and then the title of a book. Mm -hmm. And those piqued my curiosity, but I went with How to Practice Effectively. And it was like a tiny little lesson about neuroscience and how when you repeat an action like your axons and your brain get coated with more and more myelin. And then that is basically what muscle memory is. It makes those connections work faster because it's not as if your muscles actually remember, but your brain remembers. Um, And then it had some tips like in order to be good at practicing, you should focus and turn off your cell phone (laughs) and not check Facebook. (laughs) Um, And like you and I know from playing musical instruments, like starting slowly is a really good way. I know less about this was kind of focused on like athletic endeavors and like musicians, Uh like physical things that you practice, Um, frequent repetitions with breaks. Um, And then I actually learned something that if you practice in your brain, like just think about it. It has some of the same effect as actually practicing in real life, which I'm sure we've both done. Like you like hear a piece of music that you've been working on for a lot in your brain and that helps you. Uh So it was, it was really interesting. I'm glad I watched it. I could go back and watch more videos. Yeah. This is kind of (laughs) awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What did you watch? I had heard that about athletes like when they get hurt if they spend time in recovery like thinking about the actions that it helps once they're actually healed that there's a quicker recovery time um okay what did I watch uh I watched (laughs) mysteries of the vernacular clue and what causes body odor (laughs) (laughs) um just because when, it, when I got done with Mysteries of the Vernacular, which was my favorite of the two, I was like, well, maybe I should actually pick one that like a kid might stumble across and be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so then I watched the body odor one. Um, but the Mysteries of the Vernacular was part of a whole set. So they have Mysteries of the Vernacular about a bunch of different words. Mm-hmm. And I would totally go back and watch all of them because the animation was kind of beautiful because it was like a book that opened and then like the story formed on the page oh cool and it told the story of the word clue and how it went to referring how it went from referring to a ball of string to something that helps solve a mystery and it connected it all back to the story of Theseus and the Minotaur in the labyrinth do you remember that old saw (laughs) not really all right, so ancient ancient Greek myths, just brushing up on them. Theseus has to go into the labyrinth to kill the Minotaur. or Well, he's going in as a sacrifice, but if he kills the Minotaur and gets back out, then that would be awesome for him. So Ariadne, I always mispronounce her name. Ariadne, oh, I think. Ariadne. Yeah. So she falls in love with Theseus and she gives him a ball of string called a clue so he leaves a trail behind him as he's going through the labyrinth so he can find his way back out after he kills the minotaur 
So that clue was a way to help him solve the mystery of the labyrinth. And that's how the word evolved from meaning a ball of string to meaning a piece of a mystery. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's super interesting. <laughs> uh, so the video was really short and to the point and the animation was beautiful. I would have like sat and watched the explanation of any number of words in this format. The body odor one was less interesting. It was more straightforward animation, but it did teach me some things about the difference between the sweat glands and that your armpits are a really good breeding ground for bacteria. (laughs) (laughs) So it was interesting, but it wasn't quite as as thought-provoking, I guess. So I think it's safe to say that we kind of liked this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I can see so many good ways to use this. Like um, in a classroom, I think teachers could use it as just a way to introduce a topic. I would definitely watch it if I or bring it up for my kids if they have a question about something um, that I don't know a lot about. I think it was a good way to spend a little time on the internet and not feel too guilty about what you're doing on the internet because it wasn't just frivolous like you were like we were learning yeah you know we had these friends for a while who had a lot of parties at their house like backyard barbecues for families and whatnot Mm -hmm. and regardless of what was going on there would always be a big chunk of time where like a ton of people were just hanging out in the living room watching useless YouTube videos and I never got it like YouTube has always sort of overwhelmed me and Mm -hmm. the amount of bad not bad content the amount of content I'm not interested in seems to far outweigh the amount of content I would be interested in so it's never Mm -hmm. seemed really worth my time to be like well I think I'll lose three hours of my life surfing YouTube but this is something that I could totally sit down and do that like it turns out I just needed the world curated a little bit more for me (laughs) right 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 I don't watch any YouTube I do use it to look up songs that I want to listen to but the kind of music I want to listen to. It's just like jazz recordings with like the album cover uh-huh. as the image. It's not like really a music video. I'm just doing it because it's a free way to listen to right, songs right. that I <laughs> want to listen to. Um, yeah. So I don't watch anything, but I can definitely get into Ted Ed. Yeah. And these are short because I like, I can't watch a Ted talk cause they're too long. Aren't they like max 18 minutes? That's long. (laughs) You're right. In internet time, that is really long. (laughs) (laughs) So how does this compare to some of the other quote unquote educational shows that we've watched? (laughs) Um, Remember the Who Is show? Oh, man. (laughs) I think it goes without saying this is better than that. Who Was show. Um, Sid, that. The voice just still gets you. It's haunting your mind. You should see Deborah's face right now. Oh, that cloying voice. Um, the Magic School Bus are some of the educational shows we've watched. I think this is way better than those. Oh, yeah. Definitely w- way more potential for thinking about things on a deeper level. And uh, 
You know, it would be interesting to do more more sifting through the TED Ed content and see if they try the more humorous approach for any topics, uh, because that was the Who Was shows raison d'etre, and we did not think it worked so well for them. But there's obviously a big potential for teaching through humor. Yeah, there. I bet some of them are humorous because there's so many different creators. Like this is not one production company or one any one team of people doing the videos. It's a lot of different content creators, I think. And that was so fun about even just the four videos that we each watched. For me, they were all different, all a different style, and mm-hmm. uh, that was that was really refreshing to see, I guess. Yeah. Um, for all of our fawning over Ted Ed, I do want to say that I don't think that this is actually a stand in for like actual educational methods because like at I, we come from a world of like library tutorials <laughs> and <laughs> if you're actually teaching something on like via asynchronous technology, like a YouTube video, like you need to have objectives. You need to tell the learner like what they're, going to be learning you need to sum it up so I just want to yes definitely (laughs) and to Ted Ed's credit like they do emphasize that this isn't that these videos are meant to be used as part of a larger lesson plan Mm -hmm. Um, and it definitely shouldn't be one of those things where you just plonk a kid down in front of it and they're like okay job done there's science for the day (laughs) right 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 um I loved the length of the videos though they were perfect little bite-sized exactly <laughs> videos. So compared to other YouTube shows we've watched for the podcast, I would say this is so 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 exponentially much better than unboxing videos. <laughs> um but for if you're just watching for entertainment, I think it's um better than Pencilmation, but I still really liked Pencilmation. Yeah. What did you think? In some ways, I found it a little bit similar to Pencilmation, just like we were talking about the different styles and the collaboration. Uh, and that was another thing we really liked about Pencilmation, that it was a lot of people, a lot of different people's take on this very simple concept. But yeah, I will agree with you. It's it's kind of an apple and oranges situation, entertainment versus education. Not that I wasn't entertained by these Ted Ed videos, but I am A, a grown-up, and B, a super nerd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will say, again, though, that the organization really bothered me, especially if I were trying to look up something specific for my kid. Like, Yeah, you want to be able to browse by subject, and you can't. Yeah, and they do have, like, these playlist collections, but they're not specific enough to be super useful so they could they could handle a librarian on staff to maybe create some useful finding aids for these videos (laughs) (laughs) call us ted ed (laughs) yeah definitely we'd be happy to help (laughs) (laughs) so is this a potential rabbit hole for you could you waste away hours of your time clicking through ted ed videos Yes. Well, I would definitely, like I said, I would sit down and watch all of these Mysteries of the Vernacular videos. Yeah. But the good thing about having so much content is like there were a lot of them, but 
It's not like there were 1,400 of just those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would at most be wasting maybe an hour. That's another good thing about the length. How about you? Could you see yourself getting sucked in? Um, I don't think I'm a big YouTube YouTube person. Yeah. Um, I could I could see myself watching a couple of them. Boy, Instagram's a much bigger rabbit hole for me right now really? than anything else on the internet. Back in like the early days of the internet when it was pretty much just hyperlinks, did you fall down those rabbit holes? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Especially when personal blogs were more of a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would like follow the side like blogs that follow me. I follow these blogs for infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not infinity because I'm here talking to you about kids <laughs> shows on a podcast. We've outgrown blogs, but so do you think? I, I, sorry, no, that's okay. Uh, so do you think if they had like better, sort of like a Netflix algorithm that was like, oh, so you watched how containerization shaped the modern world, you might also like. Like, do you think that would pull you in more? You know, I think I have used the internet enough that I don't get sucked in Mm -hmm. by those anymore. I have tuned them out just like I, you know, we all had to learn how to, our brains had to tune out like those flashing ads from the mid 2000s. Like, I think I'm immune to, you may also like at this point in my life. How about you? It would be totally situational. Like, if I felt like I had a lot of time to kill, which, I mean, what parent feels that way ever? Right. <laughs> if there was some situation in which, like, my to-do list was completely empty. <laughs> uh, and I was like, uh... I just have to while away the day somehow. Then I can see that working on me, but uh, n- not in real life because in real life I'm like, oh my gosh, I just I just spent three minutes watching this video and I could have been folding laundry or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so were you able to compare this to any adult movie or TV show? I mean... <sighs> Like those videos where you can learn how to do stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Like some people swear by those. That's how I learned how and, to braid my hair. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I feel like we've talked about those before, though. And I haven't watched many, so I don't know. And then, like, I mean, the whole, like, Discovery History Channel, mm-hmm. like... There's lots and lots of content, but I didn't really narrow it down to any one or a couple of things. Right. Do you watch many documentaries or have you in the past? Um, I don't watch a lot. Whenever I do, I like them, mm-hmm. but I don't watch them a lot. Boy, I really want to see the one about Andre Leon Talley, the Vogue editor yeah I think it's in theaters so by the time stuff gets out of the theaters and is actually in a place where I can watch it then I feel like I've lost interest (laughs) um I'm kind of the same way about documentaries in that I 
have an ability to get sucked into not all, but most documentaries, even if they're on some like weirdo topic that I would never have thought mm-hmm. that I would have liked. So in theory, I like documentaries a lot and I it would be nice to have a repository where you could search by topic or like find all the good documentaries mm-hmm. in sort of a similar way that Ted Ed is doing with these little uh, mm-hmm. educational shorts. Uh, we were just talking about this because we were looking through HBO's documentaries. HBO makes some great documentaries, but it's just so hard to tell the wheat from the chaff one when you're paging through it and to keep on top of when new stuff is coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've definitely browsed through the HBO documentaries and then I usually watch like Insecure or something (laughs) because again, I'm a frivolous person. No, and it's just so, because documentaries require, you know, their movie length, so they're a significant Mm -hmm. investment of your time and if they're not good, you don't feel like you've relaxed or at least that's that's how it works for me. Mm-hmm. My sister and I watched the Netflix documentary that won the Oscar Icarus about uh, doping in cycling. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Ooh, that one was disappointing to me. Oh, uh, shoot. Because I feel like you were sold one topic and then it ended up being about something totally different. But then last night, we just watched the beautiful new Robin Williams documentary on HBO and it was great and it made me cry a lot. So that's what that's what I thought of when I thought of like good adult uh, analogs to this TED Ed concept that it would be nice to have a place with a lot of just really well curated documentary content and maybe that exists somewhere. So listeners, if you know of a service that I should be subscribing to or some sort of list, do they still do those on the internet? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a perfect idea. <laughs> Uh, and again, just like the comparing it to movie or to adult movies or shows, casting the gritty HBO reboot for this one wasn't uh, wasn't really easily done. Did you have any success? No, and I don't. It was easier for some of the other shows we watched, like Who Was, mm-hmm. but like I couldn't even get scroll through all of the available videos. Like, what do they not cover? Right, nothing. They cover. <laughs> I mean, talk about enlarging human choice, (laughs) as they said at the end of the containerization video. Yeah, you could learn about anything. I mean, the only thing I thought was they could have, like, a foul mouth narrator for something. Like, Anthony Bourdain, bless his soul, would have maybe been good for narrating, like, a a grittier version of this content. You know. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's all I got for that. Do you think it was better when we were kids? No. (laughs) No. Not for short, pithy, little learning videos. Mm -hmm. No. There was nothing like this. Did you have a set of actual paper encyclopedias in your home growing up? No. No. We didn't. Did you? We did. We had an old set. And then eventually we got a CD-ROM of the yeah. Encarta Encyclopedia, <laughs> and it was a huge deal because there were some there were some videos embedded on that that uh, CD-ROM, 
to enhance your encyclopedia experience. And I remember being so bowled over by it. I bet. And that was seriously as good as it got. (laughs) Okay. Stop me if I've talked about this before already, but when I was in junior high, there was like a very rudimentary video editing like lab Mm -hmm. in our library. And you could get these like record sized computer desks. It was like, I think as soon as they came out, it was obsolete technology. It was like a CD, like a compact disc, but not compact. It was like record size. And then it had a matter sizer. Yeah. And it had all this footage on it, like historical footage. So if you were like doing a report on like the Vietnam war, you could like get newsreels from that time period. And like a big favorite of everybody who ever did a video in this library was like, there was like real footage of a guy wearing a jetpack, like a real life jetpack and flying over a forest. Hmm. Um, so you could, put that in somewhere um so that kind of and I don't know how it was organized it seemed to me like it seems to me in my memory it was very ad hoc Mm -hmm. because I think there was like a paper index to it and then you would use that to like get to a certain place on the disc so that's the best comparison I can come up with from my youth this is like us talking about playing with that stick and hoop game (laughs) like any young person that's listening to this is like whoa (laughs) so we already kind of talked about this but would you ever watch Ted Ed alone voluntarily I could see myself scrolling through yeah 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 I'd go back and search and see if there are any on topics that I care about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ratings? Five stars, Ted Ed. Yeah, this was really fun. I was really surprised. Well, not that surprised because I knew what a nerd I was, but yeah, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And sometimes we post about what we're going to watch for our next episode. Tweet us with show or movie suggestions or comments at, at myscreentime2. And you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my kids. And our podcast is produced by Katie. Please tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. 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 Screen time. Bye. 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 Bye